listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hi, and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. I am Andrew Berkshire from the Game Over Montreal show on uh, SDPN, and I'm here with Mary Clark, my wonderful co-host from For the Win. We're happy to be here with you today. I hate to start the show off with a bummer, but I feel like we can't not mention it because it's weird to talk about hockey right now, but the whole situation in Ukraine is absolutely nuts. Hopefully we can give you a little bit of a, like a distraction from that for the next little while. So thanks for tuning in if you are tuning in, because I know that, I mean, I spent all of last night basically doom scrolling and barely slept. I, I'm sure many, many people did as well. And that's for people who aren't, you know, imminently under threat. So weird situation, but this is what we've got today. Uh, maybe we're starting another world war. Who knows? Vladimir Putin trying to instigate and create the same situation that uh, dear old Adolf ha- made in uh, 1939 anyway we got an interesting show for you today we're going to talk about the toronto maple leafs and how they had an embarrassing start to the week and had some unfortunate incidents happen at the same time and then mary has to speak about claude Giroux because we are nearing the time we're less than a month away now where claude Giroux may not be a philadelphia flyer anymore and frankly that's an emotional experience and finally we're going to talk about hey did you know there's another outdoor game this weekend I didn't know until Mary wrote it in the doc for this show. I didn't I know until about <laughs> I didn't know either until I was like, oh, man, there's not a lot of news to talk about today. What is there to talk about? And I was like, oh, right, there's an outdoor game. So we could talk about that. That's what. Yeah, I, I mean, it's fun. I, I think the outdoor game is there's a lot of people who oh, we'll get into it then. Uh, I'll, I'll save my thoughts. We'll, we'll save my save thoughts. your thoughts. Save the content. Yes, save the content for when it's appropriate. Don't just go on a ramble at the start of the show. All right, so let's get into the Leafs right away because uh, it is really funny. And I know that uh, I have a chat going with the Steve Dangle podcast guys, and I always try to like rib them a little bit because they're fun and they can take it. And when the Leafs were losing to Columbus, I pointed out that they were going to lose on back-to-back nights to the last two teams that eliminated them from the playoffs and look pretty bad in doing so. And uh, it wasn't very appreciated. <laughs> Steve laughed, but the other two were like, why, why are you pointing that out? Please take it back. <laughs> we didn't want to know that. And on top of it, uh, they also lost Jake Muzzin. So pretty disastrous start to the week for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, uh, I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because of Steve Dangle's incredible clip uh, that I saw going around uh, from his LFR videos. I don't watch them because I'm not I'm not a Leaf fan. Uh, I listen to his podcast and stuff but i do not watch the lfrs but uh oh boy that is definitely a clip you need to watch because i hate to say it i laughed it was like i don't know something about seeing like well first hearing him hit that register in his screams incredible something i could never (laughs) do range yeah he does Uh, he's the mariah carey of video logging Yes, exactly. Uh, so it was just it was incredible to watch. And I'm just convinced that the the Maple Leafs are an experiment in seeing how far you can break a sports fan base before they go like, you know, bonkers, because I feel I feel so bad for them. But also it's incredible content. So like I, I do what I don't. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, the the Maple Leafs are such a such an interesting team and even though we're always like what always making it about the Leafs but it kind of a lot of things do revolve around the Leafs in terms of like they are I guess 
I want to say the face of the NHL, but they are the driving force behind a lot of the fandom in the NHL, I believe. Uh, so th there's a reason why people talk about the Leafs a lot. And it is because, I mean, Toronto is a huge market, the biggest hockey market, at least in the NHL. Um, and it's just, you know, it's news when something happens to them. Also because they've had such a miserable fate over the last however many years it has been. Um, so to see them struggle in the middle of the season is at least a little bit of an interesting note, also because of the way it happened. You're right that their last two losses came at the hands of the two teams that last defeated them in the playoffs. Uh, so that is, you know, interesting uh, and very Maple Leafs-like. Um, so yeah, it is just, it's... <sighs> The Maple Leafs are like, I think, the NHL's best soap opera because even though they've been doing well for themselves this season overall, um, it's it in parts, it's almost not good enough. Uh, because you never can good clear, enough, yeah, this is true, and it won't be good enough until they at least you know win a playoff round. But like, it's clear this team has flaws. Like, I mean, they're a good hockey team, but it is it is very clear that they are also inherently flawed and i don't know if that's just from roster construction or if it's their own mentality in parts that they're just haunted by the ghosts of their past and it affects them more than any other team it's just a fascinating team at least to watch for me i know a lot of people are hate hearing about the maple leafs but for me they're just fascinating because of all of those factors their combined playoff losses never getting out not getting out of the first round in years um, you know, the misery they inflict on their fans, you know, the David Ayers game that, you know, just passed the two year anniversary. That's the best part of like the last couple, like their last couple games. The second loss was on the David Ayers anniversary. So it was like the one, two, three punch right in the gut. It was, it was a rough couple days for Maple Leafs fans. I feel like what you've hit on is super interesting because, you know, we talk a lot about like uh, sports psychologists being hired by teams in recent years. I feel like there could be some sort of paper written, not just about the Maple Leafs themselves, but like of Maple Leafs fandom, because yeah. it is like a, not necessarily a group think per se, but there's, it seems like every single year, no matter how good they are, and they have been legitimately good for a, a long stretch now, there are things that happen during the year that like, there's this buildup and crescendo of confidence and you can see it on social media and it gets really annoying and then literally the most embarrassing thing that could possibly happen happens and it goes right back down to zero and everyone's like this team sucks they're not going to go anywhere and like as always the reality is somewhere in the middle ground there but it is incredible to watch how this happens every year where the Leafs look incredible and they go on these huge runs where it's like at one point this season, they'd gone on like a 24-2-3 and three run, which is absurd. It's amazing. And then they go on this situation like this, and it's only a couple of games. But it happens to be a couple of games that are like the most emotionally crippling way that you could do it. That just jogs all of the memories of past failures and Leafs fans' collective memory. And everything is down to zero again. I find it absolutely fascinating. And there's nothing I can think of to equate it to in other sports either. Like when teams are good, usually they're like 
I mean, maybe the only thing I can think of is the Dallas Cowboys and oh, I was you know, thinking... how they're supposed to be really good and, you know, have a good quarterback. They had Tony Romo, they have Dak Prescott, and they're still never able to really put it together for, you know, one reason or another, um, like either culminating in miserable playoff bounces. And, and, and since they're qualified as America's team in the NFL, uh, I think that's maybe the only the only comparable I can think of, but even then, I don't know if Dallas Cowboy fans' misery is as miserable as the Maple Leafs. I don't know. I, 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 I only follow football because I'm an Eagles fan, and also because I cover it in general. But like, I don't know the plights of uh, Dallas Cowboys fans as much as I can see the plights of um, of Maple Leafs fans. The only sports analogy that I can think of that makes sense is English football. Like, not, uh, not. American football, but soccer, English soccer, because yes. they're a team that like they see themselves as the inventors of the game, right? Like that is it is their sport and every single major tournament they enter expecting to win. And outside of the last Euro where they lost in the final and probably were the better team overall, like they just almost always flame out spectacularly. And way earlier than you expect, you know, their best players making horrible mistakes. And I, I feel like that's the only thing that I can think of where a team is legitimately good and still manages to find ways to lose like the Leafs have. But I, I feel like hockey is special in that it is such a randomness driven sport in a way. Right. So, like, I know that there was a study done years past on like how much talent necessarily correlates to winning. And in the NHL, it was like the lowest of any of the professional leagues in, in sport, which is crazy. Like just like the, from the shape of the puck that it adds a little bit of randomness, the boards add randomness, officiating adds randomness. Like there's, there's so much in this game that is uncontrollable. So you would think, being good, you would just luckily get things to go your way one time, <laughs> but so far has not occurred for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, it like I, I, yeah, it's really interesting to just watch as a bystander. I could never uh, imagine being a Toronto fan. Uh, I know that like they were satiated a little bit because their basketball team won with the Raptors, um, but hockey is a different beast. There, hockey is you know, that city, that town, um, it's everything to like their fans. And like, part of me is like, please just give them the win, please. I don't know if the world could take more Toronto misery, given everything else that's happening in the world. But then also part of me is like, this is so fascinating. I almost want to see how far it goes because you, you know, if, if the Maple Leafs, you know, flame out in the first round again, is it, uh, will it actually blow it up this year? Like what, like it's, you know, there's, it's, I think, interesting either way, but there really is nothing like Toronto, and I feel bad, but also, I'm like, it's also great content. It really is. It is, and there's, a, the, whatever that tweet is, like, the point of sports is to be sad in a group. Uh, I think that's Maple Leafs fans to a T. Uh, <laughs> not only just be sad in a group, but experience, uh, like, I don't want to say gaslighting, because I feel like that makes light of that term. Well, yeah, and it kind of make, it sounds intentional, right? And I don't yeah. think the Leafs intentionally do this to their fans. And you're, you're right. I feel like a lot of mental health terminology has been kind of co-opted 
online in a yeah, way that and I'm not makes trying to not say serious. It, yeah, that way. I just am trying to find a better word for yeah. what the Maple Leafs put their fans through. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, so it is definitely not gaslighting, but it is not something weird. analogous to that in a very much less serious way. Yeah, it, this is sports. We're, I'm not yes. trying to you know make light of mental health here. This is this. It is just sports, but it is it is definitely fascinating to see what the Maple Leafs go through. Um, and like this is just a regular season, like a couple stretches of a regular se- of the regular season. Like uh, their playoff predictions, like they. I don't remember specifically where they are in the standings, but aren't they like on a crash course with like the Tampa Bay Lightning, basically? In Lightning the first or round? Panthers, those are their choices, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is, it's not going to be easy. And they nope. probably have, they, I mean, they definitely have the hardest matchup in the first round um, just based on, you know, where things are predicted to go. Uh, so in, in part, I feel bad because it's like the universe is stacking everything against them, um, including their own team. So it is you can it being good in the regular season only counts for so much because, you know, the playoffs matter the most. Uh, And if you have such a good regular season and then, you know, get stuck and uh, eliminated by another really great team in the playoffs, what was it all for? Almost like it's just when when they eventually exercise their demons, because they will. This isn't going to go on forever. There's there's no possible way this goes on forever. Um when they exercise their demons, it will be great and it will be really awesome to see. Uh, but it has just been a fascinating spiral into, you know, I don't know. I don't even know like the right words for what Maple Leafs fans <laughs> suffer, but misery, sadness, um, all of the above. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. say that it can't last forever, but we all should remember the San Jose Sharks. I remember when the Leafs first got Matthews. And I don't think Steve remembers this because he'd probably yell at me for it. But when the Leafs first got Matthews, we were talking and it was like on, on Twitter, not on DMs, just like in public. He's like, you know, like, I feel this is it. You know, like they're going to build something special. They're going to be actually good. You know, like this Marner, Nylander, like this is the core that could be like incredible. And I was like, yeah, you just you also just might be the San Jose Sharks. You might be great for 10 straight years and never win anything. And he was like. How dare you? Because <laughs> nobody wants that evil put on them. But mm-hmm. I mean, the San Jose Sharks were arguably over a 10 or 12 year period, the best team in the NHL. Yeah, they, they were constant. Won. Yeah, they were constant in the playoffs and always making it to like the conference finals and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they had an incredible track record and just never got through. Uh, yeah, always played. They... Like the Boston Bruins as well. They, they won one, but the Boston Bruins for about a decade have been like, if you just combine all the seasons have been the best team in the league throughout that time. God, was there a series against Chicago that long ago? <laughs> was it really yeah, that, that long ago? 2014. Oh God. Oh God. It feels just like yesterday almost to yeah. me. That's scary. Their, their Stanley cup was 11 years ago. <sighs> and it's so wild because it feels more recent than that. Maybe that's just be- because Boston sports in general have, uh, one so much. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Patrice Bergeron was 25. Wow. He's 36 now. Oh my God. Like, Andrew, we're old now. I, I'm, I'm acutely aware. I'm 35 now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know we have a little bit of a difference in age, but still, like, that is, that's terrifying to me. Cause when you said that they had won a Stanley Cup within like, there, there was only one within the last 10 years, I'm like, wait, was it really that long ago? And yeah, it was. I mean, they made that finals appearance 
uh, against St. Louis, but they obviously didn't win. So yeah, that and like they think of missed opportunities, right? They want they lost in the finals twice. The Bruins are actually the team that's lost in the finals more than any team in the league. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I believe they actually have the worst Stanley Cup Finals record in the NHL, which is fantastic. <laughs> As somebody who hates the Bruins, it's fantastic. Yeah, you have a little bit more history there with them, but yeah, Toronto going and just finishing it and tying it a bow on Toronto. Um, they're still going to be good. They're going to be active at the trade deadline. Um, it is just going to be interesting to watch what happens to them because they are like one of the most, like I keep saying fascinating, but it's true because like, I I'm like watching them with like a little telescope from afar being like, Ooh, this is neat. Just watching, just watching to see how things play out. Uh, because it is a really interesting story and they're going to make the playoffs, but will they be able to put things together and actually exercise their demons this time? Or will we be talking, you know, blowing up the team in a couple months time? Who's to say? Yeah. They're always the main character. That's the yes, thing, right? They and are the main character. They're hundred percent, the main character and we love it, you know, good or ill. They're always fun. All right. So in a moment, we're going to talk about some feelings. Maybe we'll do some therapizing over Claude Giroux and his imminent, you know, amicable divorce from the Philadelphia Flyers. But first, I have to tell you about Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution at all because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars that they have. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, yes, Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these, they're better. Typical candy bars can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar and four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. It's not even a comparison. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious. It'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they always pull it off. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at Built.com. All right, Mary, so I'm going to just kind of leave this to you because I think this is a topic so near and dear to your heart. And for good reason, because Claude Giroux has been one of the greatest players in franchise history for the Flyers, a basically as, as close as it gets to a born and raised Flyer. It seems like the Avalanche are the most likely destination, which I don't even know how that cap situation is going to work. But go off, Avalanche, figure it out, because uh, that's hilariously fun. Why not do it? But man, Claude Giroux, even me, who's not a Flyers fan, Claude Giroux leaving the Flyers is weird. 
Yeah, it is weird. I think I'm starting to come to terms with it now. Um, just because I... I feel bad. The Flyers have let him down, I think, over the years. Um, he's given I th everything he's had to this team. Uh, he's been an incredible player, but he's always been... He's always taken the world on his shoulders with this team. Uh, and the team never really built anything around him. I mean, some of his best players uh, that have been around him were, you know, Jake Voracek. Um, I mean, he was with Chris Pronger for a little bit. Then Pronger got injured, I believe. Uh, I, I know about the injury, but it, I, they played together early on in their careers. And, you know, Drew has never had... Drew's always had to take the mantle of the Flyers on his own. Um, and there's a reason he was named captain um, and all of that stuff. But I feel as if the team let him down by just not giving him more like players, more resources to work more support, with. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. More support, basically, because he's had to do it all on his own. And you can tell um, he he cares so much. And this is from somebody who has interacted with him in the locker room a handful of times over the years. He's he's someone that cares deeply about this team being a flyer what it means uh to him as a person i mean he's built a family here in the area um you know they've they've put down roots here being being a flyer means a lot to him and he tries to carry the weight of this team on his shoulders and he's an incredible player but he is not in the same echelon as you know the sydney crosby's the connor mcdavid's the austin matthews's they're they're in two different tiers and that's okay and i i you know i i grew up watching claude Giroux play hockey um i mean he started his flyers career in what 2017 18 for like a couple games but uh, not 2017 18 uh 2007 2008 that'd be you know way way earlier than that but uh 2008 2009 was when he really you know made his mark on the team um and i was in high school then uh so i've known uh world where claude has been on the flyers for a lot of my life um, and I knew he was going to be a star in this league, uh, you know, when he really first got going. So it's just disappointing to me that the Flyers could never live up to the talent that Claude Giroux has. Uh, because he is. I I know people always will go back at him with, you know, Peter Laviolette's he's the best player in the world quote. Uh, and I think that's unfair to Giroux because it's he not was Giroux's fault. No. That wasn't Giroux's fault, and in that series, I believe that was during the Penguins series, that Bananas playoff series, I I believe. Uh, I could be getting my timelines mixed up, but in the that Brizgalov series... The Brizgalov-Flurry series? Yeah, and in that series, he was the best player. He That hit that he made against Sidney Crosby in the opening face-off of one of the later games of that series, then scoring a goal right after, sticks with me forever. Like, Claude Giroux has so many of those awesome moments, um... And has done so much for the team. And sure, people will also point to his playoff numbers not being so good in his more recent seasons. And sure, I get it. But he, he'll be an incredible pickup for whatever team grabs him at the trade deadline. Because I believe he's going to get traded. It To me, it makes too much sense. Um, I mean, he is uh, he's 34. Um, he's in the last year of his deal, I believe, with the Flyers. Um, so it makes all the sense in the world for him to get traded because there is a possibility that, sure, he goes to the Avalanche, say, you know, best possible scenario, he goes to the Avalanche, they win a Stanley Cup. He could always sign with the Flyers again. Yeah. Uh, or he might not. Or if, you know, he goes to the Avalanche and they lose, 
You could test the free agency market. You could resign with Colorado. There's so many options here, but to me, it makes the most sense for him to leave based on where he's at in his career and based on where the Flyers are in their trajectory. I There's so much to be said about what the Flyers have done in like more recent times, how Hextall's drafting did, hasn't really panned out, uh, and a lot of Flyers fans are still grappling with that, with the fact that, you know, all these players that were, you know, highly touted as prospects uh, in Hextall's era have not really panned out at all whatsoever. Uh, and that was supposed to be, you know, the core of this Flyers team is those young players, you know, Travis Konechny, Oscar Lindblom, um, Joel Farabee. Um, I mean, we've seen a little bit of Cam York, Morgan Frost, uh, and a lot of these players have underperformed. And it could be the, you know, mix around the team. It could be bad luck with injuries. Like Ryan Ellis is injured for the rest of the season. He's only played like two, three, four games. He's only played a handful of games for the Flyers this season. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, bad luck surrounding, you know, that stuff. But this team might just not be very good. <laughs> the players that were selected might just not be very good. And I think it's going to take a lot of work for the Flyers to get to a contending spot. And, you know, I mean, Claude Giroux got to a Stanley Cup final with the Flyers in 2010, and they lost. Um, but he hasn't been back there since. And 2010 was a much different world then than it is today. Um, so I, I wouldn't begrudge Giroux for leaving and getting traded this season because he deserves a chance to win a Stanley Cup. He hasn't gotten anywhere close in the years since. Um, and for a player that still has the talent that he has, uh, I mean, in 48 games this year, he's got 38 points, 16 goals. I know that's not, you know, the best numbers, but he's still incredibly talented. Um, and on a system... Like in a system like Colorado's, uh, he wouldn't have to have the world on his shoulders. They have such incredible talent there. He could, he'll be a good complementary piece and add to the fact uh, in Colorado instead of having to do it all on his own. Um, I'm just sad we got to this point. I, I hoped that Giroux would be a forever flyer. Uh, it, he is that type of player. He embodies everything about, you know, the flyers, uh, who they are and what they want to be. Uh, and it's just, a shame that the team could never provide for him what he's provided for us. Um, so yeah, I, it's bittersweet. I, I know I'm talking like this is already that, you know, he's already traded and whatnot, but you know, I, it's, I wanted to work out my feelings on this for some time. And I know I probably echo a lot of what other Flyers fans think. I know there's a lot of, uh, there's a, at least a vocal contingent of Flyers fans that, you know, hate Drew, think he's a terrible captain. No, he, He's done the best that he's could with what this team has provided for him. Uh, and I think this year has shown that, uh, that he has, you know, done his best to still be, you know, a productive player, a good leader, even in a locker room that's had a lot of turmoil and is, you know, however many games away from hitting their third 10-game losing streak in in the year, um, which is unfathom unfathomable to me. Um so yeah, I I hope he goes to Colorado. There he is only like a handful of games away from his 1000th game as a Flyer, and that'll happen right before the trade deadline. So my prediction is he'll um like the Flyers in Colorado may come to some sort of, you know, be like, "Hey, we want to, you know, make this deal." And then Drew plays up till his 1000th game 
and then gets traded because it's right before the deadline. <sighs> Maybe that's what happens. That's at least like in my perfect world scenario. Claude Drew can celebrate his thousandth game as a Philadelphia Flyer, then get traded before the deadline and, you know, do all really awesome things for Colorado. But it's just it. It's bittersweet. He's a great player. He's one of my favorites. I grew up, like I said, I grew up watching him. I have a lot of really fond memories of his time with the Flyers. And I just feel like the team let him down. And I hope that Flyers fans, you know, realize that the the everything that's gone wrong with this team isn't Drew's fault. That he's, you know, he's done everything he's could for this team and given his all. And I hope that there is a team out there that, you know, lifts him up in the way that the Flyers never did. And you know, gets him a Stanley Cup. And, you know, if he does get traded to Colorado or another team this year, I will be rooting for him to win a Stanley Cup. Just like, you know, Kimo Timonen, uh, when he won, I believe, with Chicago. That almost feels yeah. like... Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, when he won with Chicago, uh, Braden Shen, who wasn't a longtime flyer, but he, he won a cup with um, St. Louis, the Kings, with Carter and Richards. Um it seems as if a lot of former Flyers have a lot of success outside of the Flyers. And I don't know what that means for the Flyers themselves, but this is not something, this is something I'm used to uh, as a Flyers fan and I'll be rooting for them wholeheartedly. And I hope he does it. It's just, I hope his legacy with the team is that he was an incredible player, not in that, you know, upper tier of hockey players, but a really, really good hockey player that deserved better than he got here. So, yeah, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on his legacy, Andrew, but that's that's where I'm at. Just kind of quickly, because I think I realized why I empathize so much with the Claude Giroux situation is that his career almost exactly mirrors that of Saku Koivu mm. with the Montreal Canadiens, who left the Montreal Canadiens at 34, Giroux, or at 33, Giroux is 34. They were the captain almost the whole time, you know, for both of their teams, both of them tragically under supported by their teams, but achieved like outside of expectations several times in the playoffs, you know, made the playoffs in years where they probably shouldn't have carried teams on their backs. And in the end are kind of seen as like just really good players instead of like super elite players. I think Giroux has more offensive production than Koivu did, but he also played in a little bit of a higher scoring era and didn't deal with the ridiculous knee injury that Koivu took in his uh, second full season in the league. So it, that it just brings back memories to me. And I know Koivu went to Anaheim and didn't end up winning. He had a decent playoff run in the last year of his career, but overall couldn't get there. I hope better for Giroux. So I, I hope he wins a cup too. I think he's a great player and an easy guy to root for. I uh, I'm with you, Mary. I hope that uh, wherever he goes, that they have a lot of success this season. And the fact is when Koivu left, a lot of people wrote him off as essentially done. And he had one, two, three, four, five more years with the ducks where he was their, I think second line center essentially for the most part and had very productive seasons that entire time. So Giroux has a lot of hockey left. Oh, yeah. I don't see a, a crazy decline with him yet. So he has some chances here to go for it. And I hope he does. Uh, hopefully he gets it in a way that's a little bit more glorious than Kimo Timonen. Because when he got traded to the Blackhawks, he went 16 games in the regular season. Zero points. 18 games in the playoffs. Zero points. Yeah. And Kimo Timonen was a great player. But that's, that's a 
pretty harsh way to end your career. You true, really want to but he wa- he lifted the Stanley Cup at the end this of the day, true. and I remember watching that and instantly feeling emotional for him because you could tell that he, it meant a lot to him. I mean, it means a lot to everybody who lifts the Stanley Cup, but you know, but for a player it means like more that. to the graybeards, right? Like yeah. the people who played their whole career and never got there, and then finally get there. It's like the Raymond Bork thing when he won in two thousand one. Yes. Like I can still hear the call in the back of my head, yeah. you know. It's it's iconic, and everybody loves when the captain gets it and just immediately passes it to the oldest guy who hasn't won. It's the best part of it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, up next, we're going to talk about the outdoor game that's coming up in Nashville, uh, or is it in Nashville or is it in Tampa? No, it's, it's in between, Nashville. It's in it's Nashville. The, okay, right. Yep, it's at the right, Tennessee I saw the Titans. Mock-up. Yeah, yep. I saw the mock-up of the arena. It looks amazing, actually. And Smashville can put on a good crowd. So that's going to be really fun. But uh, first, I got to talk to you about Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both the pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn about all the trends and check in on the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Mary, so this is this outdoor game. And it's funny the way that it worked out because heading into this season, everyone expected Nashville to be terrible. And they're not on par with the Lightning, but they are competitive. And, you know, I know that it's tough to talk. I mean, we I kind of hinted at what I was going to talk about earlier on in the show. These outdoor games, I think there's a, a big temptation to, like, knock them because they don't get the hype that the Winter Classic used to get. But I feel like they still mean a lot to the markets that they're in. And they are still kind of fun. Like, I, I think the NHL does need to continually reinvent itself and how they do them because... You have to kind of embrace the local thing. Like, I don't know what the plans are for this Nashville one, but if it were me, I would have like every country music star in the city would be playing a concert in and around this area and make a whole weekend out of it. Right. I don't know if they're planning to do that. I assume they are because Nashville has some sense of ceremony, but just between these two teams, lightning and predators, like it should be a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I almost wish in part that the NHL would dial down a bit on the outdoor games because it does feel a bit overdone at this point. But at the same time, it is for the markets that the games are in, first and foremost. It's like it's almost like the All-Star game in a sense. Like the product can be so-so uh, or bad depending on because like I'm trying to think of an outdoor game that was really, you know, awesome outside of you know the visuals were cool and stuff like that uh usually these games are just since they're regular season games they're usually just run-of-the-mill games to potentially uh so-so games because of you know the conditions out there on the ice but it's the visuals uh you know that really make it um and the uniqueness of it but a lot of that is also due to the fact that if you're you know there it 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 has a different atmosphere i've never been to one but i have talked to people who have a say it is really fun to be there even though it's depending on where you sit, more difficult to see what's happening on the ice. But you are there. When, if you're going there, you're going there for the atmosphere and to either drink, have a good time, uh, you know, just enjoy, like, soak up uh, the place you are in. 
Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to it from a perspective because it is Nashville and we've seen what Nashville can do with, you know, when they were in the Stanley Cup final, uh, they had an incredible atmosphere there. Uh, they did the All-Star game some years back. I don't remember which All-Star game it was, but we know Nashville can put on a show. They're very much like Vegas yeah. in that regard. They have a certain flavor to their town and their city and the people that are there and the fans and the culture that they've cultivated there. So can I say something controversial? Sure. I think Nashville puts on a better show than Vegas. Hmm. I find Vegas to be a little bit try hard. Mm. I think that's the Vegas thing though. Like I I, no, I know it's Vegas's thing and they like they, they should do it, but I don't know. Like, I'm the kind of person where I go to Vegas, and after two days, I'm like, I hate it here. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've never been to Vegas, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, but from everything I've gathered about Vegas, that's kind of their shtick. Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole thing about, you know, celebrities going there to, you know, cap off their careers, like singers going there to cap off their careers uh, in Vegas and stuff like that. Like, I think that's just kind of their shtick, and Nashville is more of the, you know, southern flavor um of that i think that they're doing similar things but different in the type of you know atmosphere they're presenting so but i i can understand it i i hope to eventually go to nashville uh because my friend will be moving there after his uh fun adventures um doing his phd stuff but he's got something lined up in nashville and my hope is to take him and his wife to a uh predators game uh, and I think that will be an excellent time because I've heard a lot of really good things about Nashville. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch much of the game because I'm probably going to spend since it's Saturday, I'm probably going to spend my day off relaxing and playing video games. But I, I enjoy these games because of the flavor that they bring uh, and the unique venues. And you're right, though, I think the NHL has to do more to reinvent them because, you know, <sighs> I, I still enjoy the uniqueness of the outdoor games, but it's I think they need to start, you know, looking at ways to keep making them fresh and exciting, at least for the audiences at home. Uh, I know they care a lot about the, you know, people that are going there to the game to buy, you know, merch, you know, get that ticket revenue and stuff like that. So um, I think it's going to be a good game either way, because you're right. Nashville is competitive, even though that they're looking to trade. Were they looking to trade? Uh I cannot. I Philip Forsberg. Oh, the Philip Forsberg thing. Yeah, I think that's a negotiating tactic. I can't see them doing that. It I makes, know they're it, not yeah. going to win the Stanley Cup this year, but they're in a playoff position. I can't. I just like. I, I think that. Yeah, it. I think that can. That also confused me. I saw that come out Wednesday night. It was like, but wait a minute, aren't they? You know, competing for a playoff spot in a division that isn't you know super strong outside of the top teams, like. Uh, yeah, it's Nashville, wild. I, yeah, I'm not Nashville's buying it. I know Andy Strickland reported it, and he doesn't report like fake news or anything. But I have a feeling that that was just leaked as to try mm. to get him to lower his ask for uh, for another contract. It's possible, but you never know what trade deadline season because that's coming up. But yeah, it is going to be, I think, a fun time for the people who are there in Nashville. And it probably should be a good game overall, too, as long as the conditions are okay. Because Nashville, yes, like you said, is ki- is kind of competitive, and Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't think we need to put any more emphasis on Tampa Bay, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. So, uh, yeah. it, as long as the weather holds, I think it should still be a good game. But I, yeah, I think I in, hope- in like the COVID situation, too, it's nice to be able to pack an arena that's outside. I know yeah. it's not the most comfortable thing, but I look back at, uh, I mean... One of the advantages of COVID, and I know it didn't work out because of the amount of sunlight, but 
the game that they did last year in Lake Tahoe. Oh yeah, was unbelievably gorgeous until the ice got ruined. I wish that they could replicate that. I I don't know if it's just a situation where like maybe they could build some temporary stands on one side of it, but there's something iconic and special about doing these outdoor games, especially if you can get a venue like that, that I don't know. It's something that like baseball has in like the way that a lot of the ballparks are like the field of dreams in beautiful game. areas. Yeah. Like, those kinds of situations are super cool, and the fact that they were, they're able to execute these outdoor games so well now, for the most part, <laughs> is is super fun. And as much as it might be a little bit like past its expiry date for some people, I think the majority of people who were going to tune into the game anyway still see it as a special event. So hopefully the NHL can do something entertaining with these games going forward, and uh, hopefully this one is that but uh we'll wrap it up there that's the end of our hockey talk for this show but we are going to talk about some pop culture stuff in our pop culture roulette segment in a moment after i tell you about rock auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer i actually experienced this just yesterday i had my car in for service and they had to order brakes from another company, and I had to sit around for three hours. It was kind of annoying. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is also a family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, Mary, I don't know uh, what you have for the whole uh, pop culture stuff, but I have something that I had to talk about because it's... Okay absolutely wild it isn't a game or a tv show or a movie it's just do you know the actress anna lynn mccord have you heard of her no she's like an actress model she was in a few shows like i think how i know of her is an old show called i think it was nip tuck it was okay, like a that show sounds with plastic surgery yeah that's yeah familiar. and she was in that and she just played like a completely unhinged psycho and i think she did the same thing on like uh, a teen show that i didn't watch but I think it was like the revamped 90210, the reboot in like the mid 2000s. Anyway, she posted a video on Twitter and like it's it's so bad that it's almost good. But I literally could not make it through it. She wrote a poem for Vladimir Putin about how if she was his mother, he would be loved and not act this way. And. I tried to watch it two times. The first time I bailed as soon as she starts rhyming about Putin because like, come on. But the second time I made it almost all the way through and it's, oh my God, it's just so bad. It's like, you know, that, that drill tweet, like I regret to form you, the celebs are at it again. Yes. The celebs are at it again. First, it was Gal Gadot with the stupid Imagine song when the pandemic first started. And now it's this. 
Oh, it's always something with those celebrities, isn't it? That's that's me every time Aaron Rodgers opens his mouth. I'm not going to go any further, <laughs> but I've had enough of that yeah. dude. I posted about it on Twitter. It's like it's that always sunny meme. It's like, I've had enough of this dude. Please, go away, Aaron Rodgers. I yeah, don't... Speaking of people who need to shut the hell up. <laughs> I Whatever like he mentioned on his Instagram, it was... I logged into work, and it was the first thing on our homepage about him and whatever cleanse he was in. And I'm just like, I rolled my eyes so hard, I think I gave myself a headache. I was like, please, I can't keep doing this. Uh, but yeah, the celebrities really are back at it again. The only thing I have is I'm continuing to play Horizon Forbidden West. Um, and when you hear this, the new new video game Elden Ring will have come out. And that also seems to be uh, an incredible game, a game of the generation, as people are calling it. Um, so if that interests you, check it out. I won't be checking it out until I finish Horizon Forbidden West, but it is next on my list. And I just hope we all have a good time playing video games because uh, I think we all need to uh, take a bit of a step back. Um, I know for you know mental health sake, it is probably good. You know, you don't you don't need to have an opinion on things. You don't need to have a take on things. Sometimes it's okay to just be like, I don't know, I don't have an opinion yes. on things because I don't I don't know enough about it. That is perfectly okay to say. Um, the only thing you should do is, you know, give your, your hearts and support to the people that need it because, you know, there's not only just stuff happening um, in Ukraine, there's also stuff happening in the, in the United States um, with stuff in Texas uh, with trans kids. And it is just. Uh, yeah, that's horrifying. It's uh, it, it really is sad all around. Uh, so, you know, you it's OK to, you know, take some time off from social media. Um, but if, you know see things going around charities uh just make sure they're legitimate ones because it, disinformation is really real um in this era so you know look to outlets uh, journalists you can trust um and yeah i think that's really all i have to say about it just you know i think take some steps back it's okay to you know not doom scroll i know it's hard uh, but, you know, try to find something that occupies you um, and takes you to a different world entirely, because that's what I've been doing over the past couple of days. And it's it's helped. So uh, whether that be hockey, video games, sports, um, I don't know, hoping baseball comes back because I also miss baseball a lot. Uh, I really hope it comes back soon. Uh, but, yeah, uh, take some time to yourself. Uh, we all deserve mental health breaks. So, you know, yeah. And I should say that uh, about the the trans stuff in in Texas and the god awful things that uh, I think it's Greg Abbott has been trying to pull. Uh, if you have the means and inclination, you can check out our colleague uh, Jay Forster's Twitter uh, underscore J A K O B F O R S T E R, and Jacob put together a thread of places that you can donate to help trans kids. This is really, it should not be a, a political issue. And mm -hmm. the fact that it has become one is, you know, terrifying and frustrating and exhausting. And I just feel for everybody in the LGBT community who continue to be used as a political wedge issue when it's a human and a medical rights issue. It It's, it's flabbergasting, but mm -hmm. uh, to, to, shift entirely to a fun thing i'm assuming that you saw the spider-man pointing at spider-man yes movie. i did see the spider-man pointing at spider-man meme no way home is actually going to come out on digital in a month oh really yes march uh, 22 
cool nice that'll be fun uh also hilariously my friends and i are gonna watch uh spider-verse this weekend so nice yeah so a lot of good spidey goodness uh it's gonna be nice to you know revisit that movie because it's so good it's probably my favorite spider-man thing um just in general it's fantastic if you have not seen into the spider-verse there will be a sequel and then i believe there it's like a trilogy but there will be a sequel coming out eventually uh but definitely check out into the spider-verse it's a fantastic film great music uh gorgeously animated one of the best animation things i've seen in my lifetime so definitely check that out and enjoy you know the memes because i did see that spider-man meme and i think it's going to get a lot of use out there yes hundred percent. All right. That's all we have for you today on the cross check NHL show. Thank you for making us your first listen every Tuesday and Friday. And we'll be back next week on Tuesday. As always now make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey host steel Roden and flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.